So you mentioned those uh, animal studies, and uh, I think it's time we start, you know, talking about how do you actually supplement to get a NAD increase, be that a good thing or a bad thing, mm-hmm. might be both, we don't know yet. But what they did, uh, at least in uh, my studies, is that they would supplement the supplement, excuse me, with nicotinamide mononucleotide or uh, NMN in short, or uh, nicotinamide riboside. So they used uh, high doses of both of these, which are supposed to be a precursor to NAD. And they found out that in mice, the more, uh, the higher the dose you give them, it improves how their tissues age. And those tissues specifically were a heart, skeletal muscle, and a few more. And uh, I can uh, read a segment basically to kind of give you the scientific background uh, behind this, which is from uh, Mills et al., and it was published in uh, Cell Metabolism 2016. So they say that NAD plus availability decreases with age and in certain disease conditions. Uh, NMN, nicotinamide mononucleotide, is a key NAD intermediate, and it has been shown to enhance NAD biosynthesis and ameliorate various pathologies in mouse disease models, which is what we just talked about. Orally administered NMN was quickly utilized to synthesize NAD in tissues, and remarkably, it mitigates age-associated physiological decline in mice. Without any obvious toxicity or deleterious effects, NMN suppressed age-associated body weight, body weight gain, it enhanced energy metabolism, it promoted physical activity, it improved insulin sensitivity and plasma lipid profile, and ameliorated eye function. Mm. So basically they gave those rats NMN and they started uh, expressing or they started having a younger phenotype. Mm. That's what it's saying. And um, lately, and by lately I think it should be like the last four or three years or something, supplements are also available to us two humans that mainly contain uh, nicotinamide uh, riboside and uh, mononucleotide in some cases, and uh, resveratrol. And resveratrol is um, another molecule that regulates a sirtuin pathway, and it also acts as a free radical scavenger. And that's how we started this whole thing, basically, because I bought, of course I did, those NAD plus Fountain of Youth NAD booster uh, supplements, I've been taking them just a review time. I've been taking them for like a month and a half. I oh, by the way, this is not a paid partnership. Yeah, but if you want to sponsor me, Fountain of Youth, like go ahead. I'm I'm taking those anyway, so send me 1,000 free bottles. No, but um, so it's not FDA approved and those claims. That can't, yeah, I was going to get to that. Yeah, those claims are not supported by the FDA. Let me just put it this way. You're taking this at basically your own risk. Mm -hmm. But it's supposed to boost your NAD levels. It's supposed to decrease uh, signs of aging. And I'm not so... Like, I'm not expecting to take a pill and look younger. I'm just taking it as a supplement to a healthy diet in order to potentially, in the future, avoid some forms of disease. Like, I don't know. I I might just be spending 20 bucks on Amazon without any reason, but, you know. And the way I started on this is, like I said, uh, Dr. Sinclair was on the Joe Rogan podcast, 
And he has also mentioned this resume in uh, multiple interviews. And he says that he takes metformin. And uh, metformin is actually a drug that's used to treat uh, type 2 diabetes, diabetes yes. which is strange. He's not a diabetic, but he takes metformin. He takes a water-soluble NAD boosters, which is what I just mentioned, NMN or uh, the riboside. He takes resveratrol, and he's also a huge uh, proponent of uh, fasting mm. and the like, the more hardcore fasting, which is the alternate day fasting. And uh, he also takes baby aspirin every day for for its blood thinning properties. Oh. And at this point, let me just say, do not go and just buy whatever we're mentioning. Exactly. We are not nutritionists. Nor medical doctors. We are just mentioning what another professor takes at his own risk. Yes. Sometimes I feel that it's um, of high marketing value if you have a face that looks half your age. Oh my, he was also mentioning in the in Ronda's uh, podcast. So when he first came out, he wrote a book, which was mostly about resveratrol. And resveratrol is found in uh, red wine. And it mm-hmm. became like a huge thing, you know, the major media outlets picked it up. And in one year, it increased uh, red wine sales by 30%, according to him. It's crazy the impact someone that gains publicity can have 30 percent so that is his regimen Um, also another thing that was very interesting to me is that everyone has been saying that NAD is very circadian rhythm connected Mm -hmm. so that's why um, it's really important sometimes in fasting and you can see the effect fasting has it because it regulates NAD and it's better if you only have a um, certain feeding window instead of feeding all day because it helps uh, regulate your circadian rhythm. And uh, some people also, also believe that that might also be a cause of uh, jet lag. Because mm. while you're traveling and, you know, you're going from time zone to time zone, your NAD levels are all over the place. I would imagine. They're confused and your body is in turn even more confused and you're eating on the plane and you're sleeping and you're eating again and it's it might as well be NAD dependent. Yeah, going back to the fact that um, this NAD supplement is not exactly backed by the FDA. I would think, yeah, and I think it's it's also mentioned in the book written by um, Dr. Guarante that the reason um, you need to um, demonstrate the efficacy and the safety of um, your supplements. Yeah, which is why 99% of supplements are not FDA approved. Yes, I mean, and how do you uh, demonstrate the efficacy in humans based on studies done in animals? And aging is not something that, you know, you can have endpoints for like how to assign endpoints when you're doing an aging study so uh, all these factored in into um it not being fda approved it it doesn't mean that it's bad for you but there's also this thing that i read where um they say that sirtuin in Mm -hmm. humans they regulate uh the gene called p53 which is a tumor suppressor gene okay so it mediates apoptosis. So basically there are cells. And how many of you have heard that your body is just seven years old? 
I've heard of that. Oh, we fully uh, regenerate cells every seven years. Yeah, yeah, but there is like a catch in that. So on an average, it's seven years old. Mm-hmm. And there's this joke about statisticians that, you know, they say that on an average, a man with his head in the oven and foot in the freezer would feel fine. <laughs> you know what i'm saying yes. so don't let that um mislead i guess mislead yeah. you yes so on an average we our body is seven years old but actually there are uh, cells in the brain and some other parts of the body that do not like regenerate itself so it is as old as you are which is why yeah. you know and the cells in your intestine lining your epithelial the epithelial cells that line in your intestines they are i think they um re um generate every uh, few days oh yeah 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 i remember that but also on what you said that uh, and it's true that it's true i mean people are saying in research that uh, most of our neurons cannot be regenerated however uh, there are some other studies by Sinclair's lab that say that um, NAD might have a neuro-restorative uh, effect. Now, to what extent this is true and long-term in humans, I do not know. I'm not making any claims. Yeah, this is this claim backed by any scientific evidence? They do mice uh, studies, okay. and I think that was mostly back in the days where they would do like the worms and stuff and try to... Uh, observe because it's much easier to observe a nematoid so i was saying that the sir uh, sirt1 um, regulates p53 so any cell in your body that um, goes rogue is taken care of by this gene so it basically mm-hmm. causes programmed death to make sure that none of the crazy cells lurk yeah, around survive. because that will cause cancer right so um so SI sirtuin has got a direct association with the regulation of p53 so it can activate the p53 and deactivate it also Hmm. so what it does is uh if you add more ned um the um, sirtuin is going to deacetylate the p53 3 gene in other words it's going to deactivate so now you don't have the p the tumor suppressive gene anymore so Uh oh Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> and P53, because it regulates the death of cells, now it also like prolongs youthfulness because it prevents, it improves the survival of cells now. But Be- cells in general. At the cost of. Yeah. Potentially in- also allowing um, cancer cells to survive. cells to exist. Yes. Oh, well. Yeah. So... Uh- you know what was interesting to me, though? Again and again during this podcast, fasting keeps like coming back and coming back to bite us. And I'm like, should I do fasting again? It's. I think like you said that maybe humans were evolved not to have food all the time. <laughs> it's crazy. Like one of the um, one of his studies uh, that I read and I mean, people have been looking at fasting well, all the time during the past decade. But they found that if you uh, restrict uh, your caloric intake by 30 or 40 percent, even in humans, I mean, we can't talk about longevity because you're not going to monitor them for 50 years, but it um, 
basically decreases um, your blood sugar levels. It decreases IGF-1, which in turn, through various very complicated pathways that I'm not going to mention, increases the autophagy of your cells. It allows for DNA repair, and it also allows for stem cell production. And that is only if you uh, are restricting your calories. Like nothing fancy about that. No NAD boosters. Just the mere eating less. Mm. And fasting helps with that because it's. I think it's much more sustainable if you just prohibit yourself from eating for 30% of the day rather than having to monitor, you know, the caloric intake and the caloric density of the foods you take. So I, I don't know. I'm, I'm very like, uh, you know... I'm almost very keen to start fasting again and yeah I would love to try it out but I know I'm not going to be a pleasant person to speak to when I'm fasting yeah and also again let me mention fasting is not for everyone and I was talking to my dad the other day so my dad had the idea you know one of his friends lost a lot of weight Mm -hmm. uh, doing intermittent fasting and he was like okay I'm gonna try it and oh my god like it was terrible for him because I guess it also depends on what your blood sugar levels are like. And he passed out. He was feeling like crap for days. Like to the point where it's dangerous because you're passing yeah. out. So it's not for everyone. Do not go and start like skipping a day of eating without consulting at least a medical professional. Without having recent tests done and monitoring your insul- your insulin. Like this is no joke. So calorie restriction is like um, you have to speak to a nutritionist because Mm. there's a very fine line between restricting your calories and malnutrition. So don't um, mistake the two. So speak to a nutritionist before you get into that. And there are um, some um, side effects of restricting your calories. So at least some studies in mice have shown that, you know, mice subjected to a low calorie diet are generally small in size. So... Yeah, especially if you get them in their growth cycle. Yeah. And that is why no preteen or teen should be going through any type of restrictive diet. Yes. Because you're in your growth cycle and you need all the nutrients you can get. Of course, follow a healthy diet, but do not try to restrict calories. We're talking about healthy adults that have been consulting with a nutritionist at some point in their life and know that they don't have any underlying conditions. If you're diabetic, if like this, it's a no-no. But yeah, I have tried it in the past. This is why I'm comfortable with doing it again. It was fine with me with the only side effect being losing uh, muscle mass mm-hmm. in the long term. But if I can reap, I guess, the benefits of uh, longevity and be here to bother you for like 50 more years, that'd be great. Yeah, why not? And I won't also have to worry about bringing lunch to lab because... I could just skip a day. <laughs> All right. All right. So, yes, that was it. I think I mentioned something about studies done in humans or uh, studies looking at humans that live beyond 120 years. Ooh. These studies were, didn't have definitive conclusions. And mm. basically, uh, there were other counter studies that basically um, didn't back the findings of the studies. Huh. and. They were not conclusive in that they didn't mention about the reasons why certain individuals live up, live up to the age of 120 or beyond. 
But some uh, the recent research, however, suggests that humans cannot live beyond one twenty five years, and it's. I mean, there are outliers there in are everything, outliers. but I think it it has to do with a combination of factors, which is your genetic makeup, uh, the place you live in, um, how much of sun you're exposed to, which brings your me diet, to exercise, yoga. Some other uh, th- there was. Um, a woman who did yoga all her life mm-hmm. and she's an indian woman and i i think she is 92 and she is very much flexible when i say flexible i mean yoga kind of flexible jeez yeah even at this age i'm so. 92 yeah. i woke up this morning and i almost <laughs> broke my hip getting out of bed <laughs> I complain of back pains every now and then. And And you're telling me that my body's seven years old? No, it's not. (laughs) Because I remember my body when I was seven. My back did not hurt. Yeah. On an average, Diana, it's seven years old. Yeah, does that average include 50? (laughs) Yeah, always remember the joke about the superstitions. Oh, goodness. Okay, well, it was a pleasure talking to you about aging. Please remember, you can send us any question, comments, death threats, or whatever you want at our email. Please avoid the latter. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, anything else you want to add? Yeah, just that, um, as of now, I would recommend you stay stick with the natural uh, means of um, reversing or uh, putting breaks to the aging process. Like, use a sunscreen when you go out because... Um, Dan, you might be a better person to say this. Yeah, I I started using uh, sunscreen after the twin studies I mentioned. At least for your skin and not only for like the aesthetics of it, but it's also really, really easy to get a skin cancer. And skin cancer is one of the most uh, common forms of cancer. So if you can just include it in your daily regimen, just like put on a moisturizer with SPF, it's that easy and use the kind that's like spf 50 and you're good to go because why not eat healthy sleep well and that will take care of your immunity and yes to listen to more podcasts yeah that's definitely great for you all right then everyone stay classy and we'll see you next time see ya have a good week